Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is the day before the day of elections. That's right. Less than 20. What are we at here? 25 hours right now. 24 hours and 53 minutes. Polls open tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Now, that doesn't stop you from going down and voting early. You could do that right now. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. You don't have to. No, you could just go do it right now. Get it over with. Beat the lines. Skip the wait. Do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it'll be so good. It'll be. I mean, I have no idea what we're going to talk about after the election, but it will be so good to be done with the election madness. That's uh, that's some crazy stuff right there, my friends. Welcome to it. <clears throat> the Monday edition of the Michael Duke Show. The pre-election, the final, the final day here. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be joined by uh, Brad Keithley and Chris Story, and I'm sure we'll have some analysis as to, I mean, maybe we'll squeeze some predictions out of them as to what's going on and doing stuff like that. Um, do you honestly trust early voting, asked Bill in the chat room. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're going into the same, like to me, what does it matter? If you walk into the same building <clears throat> and you're walking into the same room to use the same people, the same setup and same everything else, I, you know, if they're, if they're going to screw you, they're going to screw you, right? I mean, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I, uh, I have no, I have no qualms about that specifically. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably still, I have not voted yet, and I will probably go down tomorrow, and uh, I will vote tomorrow, just because I'm stubborn like that. I'm stubborn. I just want to do it the way that I want to do it. Uh, there was <laughs> there was still a line, but he already voted on Saturday on Bogard Road, said, uh, said Michael, in the chat room. So people, yeah, they're already out there doing it. They're getting ready to go, go crazy. And uh, I don't know if the weather's going to have a have a uh, have a say. Uh, it's cold. It's uh, it's a little cold here this morning. Uh, as we uh, as we get ready to do it, I mean, it went from having like maybe an Indian summer to hello, that's zero degrees. Have a nice day. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. But yeah, so tomorrow election day, lots of stuff is going to be decided. Uh, there's a whole article over at. Um, the Anchorage Daily News, and it's from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, Melanie Mason, Seema Mehta, Mehta uh, are the uh, authors of this piece. And uh, <clears throat> as you uh, as you read this whole thing, you realize that in the end, the the bottom line is this: they they uh, they sum it up nicely at the very end. Um, with a quote from 
one of the governance study fellows at the Booking Institute, uh, the B- Brookings Institute rather, that said that uh, conclusions about early voting data are even more difficult to parse because voting patterns have changed dramatically um, in recent years. They've changed so dramatically. Um, high Democratic turnout in the early vote, however, may be offset by sluggish showing on Tuesday. He added that how we calculate elections has just become much more difficult. They just can't predict it anymore. And then on top of that, here in Alaska, of course, we've got the ranked choice. We got the ranked choice monster, and uh, it's making a hot mess of things. So, uh, yeah, this whole this is a it's it's a very interesting breakdown about what's going on in the various areas. Um, I'll post a link up to it uh, on the Facebook page if you want to go out and take a peek at this article. But uh, <clears throat> so it's uh, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting stuff. Um, read that up. The other thing, of course, is that President uh, Joe Biden has been out on the campaign trail and his handlers. I cannot I cannot imagine being a handler for Joe Biden. Talk about talk about a stressful job. I mean, the guy just talks off the cuff and then they got to walk it all back because they're like, no, 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 that's not what he meant. Uh, He said in a speech in California that he's got to close down all the coal plants, that he's put an end to the drilling for oil on American land. He said no one is building new coal plants because they can't rely on it, even if they have all the coal guaranteed for the rest of their existence on the planet. So it's going to become wind generation. We're going to shut these plants down all across America and have wind and solar. Uh, The White House press secretary tried to walk the remarks back, saying the president's remark yesterday have been twisted to suggest a meaning that was not intended. He regrets if anyone hearing those remarks took offense because the coal lobby is a huge Democratic base. And he's like, nope, no more coal. And the coal lobby went, excuse me. (laughs) Then he was in New York stumping for Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul, just the nicest woman on the planet. And he made an impromptu comment to a climate protester at uh, Sarah Lawrence College, uh, where the president said he was ending drilling for oil. No more drilling, he said when the protester persisted. He shot back, there's no more drilling. I haven't formed any new drilling. And when they railed about offshore drilling in the Gulf of Mexico, he doubled down on shutting off the oil fields. That was before I was president. We're trying to work on that to get that done. No more drilling. No more coal. No more cheap, affordable energy for anyone. That's the bottom line. Just just a reminder, when Biden became president, the average price for gas was $2.37 a gallon. It has gone over $5 a gallon and now hovers about $3.80 a gallon in the lower 48. Here, it's over 5 bucks. When every time I bought gas in the last three, four weeks, it's over $5 a gallon. Now, Biden has blamed the rise in oil and gas uh, on company greed. And the war profiteering from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Last week, he threatened to tax oil companies with a windfall profit tax if they don't lower their prices. Of course, the oil is just a commodity which is set by the free market. And I mean, <clears throat> yeah, if, if that's how you want to do it. The Biden administration has leased fewer acres for oil and gas drilling than at any time since World War II. 
He's also draining the National Petroleum Reserve, bringing it from 638 million barrels to 400 million barrels, a 37% decline and the lowest level in the Petroleum Reserve since 1984. Uh, inventories of diesel are now below the accepted emergency levels in the United States had just a 25 day supply of diesel three weeks ago. That's according to the energy information agency is being reported by business insider. That's the lowest level of diesel supply since 2008. And it's expected to be in short supply until at least summer, which will continue to put pressure on family budgets as food and other goods will be be reflected in higher shipping surcharges because everything that doesn't move by train moves by tractor trailer, which runs on diesel. So, I mean, they very well could be talking about diesel in the six, seven, $8 range per gallon. And those prices will be reflected in your everything in your everything. Pretty much anything that's moved beyond is pretty much included in that. So good to know. That's what we're, that's what we're looking at right now. I will be so glad. So glad when the, uh, when this is, when this is over. Trains are, thank you, Bill. That was something that I had overlooked and you're right. hundred percent trains are also diesel. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> so. I mean, there you go. There you go. No diesel at any of the fuel stations. Uh, Terry says she has friends in Oregon and they're having a hard time getting diesel at the fuel stations. I, um, I just don't know people. I just don't know. And I'll be honest with you. I am just... I am just done. I am just so, so done with this polit with the politics at this point. It has gotten to be so dog eat dog, so vitriolic. I got a text yesterday, and it was a, um, it was a tweet about something. <clears throat> what was it a tweet about? I can't even remember now. But I, uh, oh, here we go. Um, it was a tweet about uh, Elon Musk, right? Who's really, I mean, he's he's taken over. Uh, he's he's really done some stuff on Twitter already. And uh, he, there, somebody posted, I don't even know if it's a real tweet or not, talking about people who are using the they, them pronouns, uh, having to pay $16 for verification and the blue check instead of eight. And, um, but... I just, I read it, I chuckled a little bit, and then I started reading the comments down below, and I just, I was done. I read like three comments, and I said, I don't need this in my life. I I don't need, why? Why am I engaging in this in my life? I would rather spend time making dinner with my wife, hanging out with my kids, doing all that, than being on the social medias and do all that. I mean, I literally... I got into the second or third comment and my brain just went, <laughs> no, nope, sorry, sorry. That's, nope, sorry. <laughs> That's where I am today. That's where I just decided I am, I am there. 
I, uh, I'm ready for this. Um, have you seen the swarm of death threats against Musk? Yeah. I mean, this is the welcome to politics in 2022. Welcome to all politics since 2020, really, quite honestly. It's just gotten worse and worse. I mean, there is no middle ground. Um, if you don't agree with me, then I wish death on you and your family and everything else. If you are against any one thing that I'm against, doesn't matter. We can agree on a bunch of other things, but if the one thing that we agree on that we don't, then you are evil and you need to be ripped out of the earth and have it scorched behind you so that your progeny will not, ah, why? Why? I mean, this is just, it's proof positive, quite honestly, that I could never, ever, I'm involved in politics tangentially now, right? Um, But I could never, ever, ever be involved in the, like, regular old politics. I mean, because this is, this is it. Um, uh, Chris in the chat room says, Tim Pool calls this civil war. Do you think we are in a civil? I think this is like a quiet civil war. This is not a civil war in the aspect of taking up arms and doing it. But we are in a cultural war with ourselves. And it is, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible that we can no longer have a conversation that has any kind of disagreement in it at all. It's, it's really, it's, it's just, it's just insane. All right. Well, um, I guess we ran it right up to the, to the break. So we're going to go do our thing. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, oh, I, sorry, I forgot to tell you, Sarah, Sarah Vance today, our guest in hour one, Mike Shower, our guest in hour two today. That's 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 what's going on. We're going to dive into that here in just a moment. We'll return the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. I ache from one... Side of the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I ache right now. Oh, oof. Okay. Me, uh, Leela says early. What? Uh, early voting is very different from precinct voting. When my husband back did it in 2020, the state of Alaska employee didn't ask for ID. And the ballot was not run through a tabulator. A worker emptied the unlocked ballot box and took the unsecured ballots into the back where I checked with a friend who works in the office. The bin sat unattended. State workers are union members who have a vested interest in Democrats winning. When you vote traditionally, you could scan your own ballot into the tabulator. That's 
disappointing. Disappointing, Leela. There you go. Politics, this is the quote of the year. Politics has become the new religion. That's why elections look like holy war. I'm not, I, that sounds like a t-shirt to me. That sounds like a t-shirt to me. Politics has become the new religion. That's why elections look like holy war. This is true. I mean, it is the the zealotry. I mean, I never looked at somebody and said, that person is smart enough to never make a mistake, including myself. Never looked in the mirror and go, you, you handsome devil, you'll never make a mistake because you're brilliant. Brilliant, I tell you. No, never done that. But that's what it seems like today. Um... Uh, I'm sorry. Politics and death threats. Retailers deal with the same thing since COVID. It's been worse. Someone doesn't get a refrigerator delivered when they thought it should be delivered. Doom on you, retailer. Customers actually call and make threats. I mean, yeah. The Bronx turnip. Uh, uh, It's uh, Ocasio-Cortez, right? Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the Bronx turnip. Um. Yes, holy war, good versus evil. The best thing to vote in person on election day like we've done forever. Um, Windstorm in the Bering Sea, steady 40, 60 hours already. Oof. Uh, Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right. Um, Yeah, I, I just, you know, and here is the worst thing. The worst thing is that we're going to go through all this angst and agitation and everything else. And then we're not going to know anything for 20 days. 20 days. So I don't know what to say, man. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about for 20 days. I mean, we could just chatter and pontificate. It's election month. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I waited for a trash compactor for eight months this last year. That's first world problems. Yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Politicians control every aspect of our lives. That's why positions are so desired. Well, and this is why I think you see so much sociopathy in – in politicians, because they're the only ones that want to control all that stuff. All right. You think people actually choose their leaders? Um, well, I don't know where Sarah is. Come on, sister. Um, I don't know what's going on. But she should be joining us here in just a hot second. Maybe we should just freaking call her because I don't know what's I don't know what's happening. She should be she should be ready to go. Screw it, we'll just call her. Screw it, we'll do it live. Well, maybe not. Try it one more time. Uh, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio.
Okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Some technical, technical difficulties. Trying to get Sarah Vance on the phone here uh, in the chat room. And uh, we're waiting for her. She may be calling... Uh, she may be calling us back here just a hot second uh, on the telephone instead. Either way, we're, we're okay with that. Um, all right. <clears throat> yes, Election Day. This is it. This is it. And we won't know, we won't know a thing for... Uh, we won't know a thing for quite a while. So we'll see... Uh, we'll see what, uh, what goes on from there. Um, let me, uh, resend here. Let me resend another link over to, uh, Sarah Vance. She's trying to, she's trying to, uh, get it into the chat room right now. And she's having a hard time, uh, getting into the, uh, um, getting into it. Um, second link. There we go. All right. So I've sent the link again and we'll try this again. There we go. Um... All right. <laughs> Nothing like troubleshooting uh, on the air um, and getting people uh, getting people back on the program. I mean, it used to be easy when we did phone calls, but now it's uh, now it's a little more conflicted. Now it's a little more confusing. Now it's all good. All right. So I guess here is my question for you as we wait for uh, Sarah Vance to uh, come on into the uh, chat room and talk with us. Um, but. Uh, are, have you decided, I mean, everyone that you're going to vote with, have you decided everyone that you're going to talk to? Um, because I mean, or do you need, do you need one more, um, you know, do you need one more commercial to convince you? That's my question. Do you need one more, do you need one more commercial to make it, uh, to, to make it work. That's, that's my question. <laughs> because that's, isn't that it? I mean, all these things, I've been looking at all these different, um, all these different commercial buys that have come in the last few days of the month, right before, um, right, right before, you know, election day, all these things. It's like people are driving to the polls and they're, I'm going to go down and vote for, I'm going to go down and vote for a, and then they hear one more commercial and they're like, oh, no, I think I'll vote for B now. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'll just vote for B because, you know, nah, that works for me. I, I just don't know. Anyway, uh, Sarah Vance uh, joins us this morning. Our guest, we're going to do this the old-fashioned way, which is the regular old telephone. Good morning there. How are you doing? Good morning. I really tried, Michael. I got onto your Google link and it said I'm the only one in the call. That's weird. That's oh, I know. you went to the you went to the calendar invite. You didn't go look at the links that I sent this morning. That's I the... I did that one the second time. Join with Google Meet. No, it's not Google Meet. It's the Streamyard that says Streamyard. There's a link that says Streamyard. So that's that's the one you need to jump into. Uh, it was on your. I sent it to you via Facebook here a second ago. So look at your Facebook feed and it'll say StreamYard on it. That's the one you need to jump on with a little duck. It's got a little duck icon thing. So, All right. I'm working on it. You're working we'll, we'll on it. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Sarah Vance, 
How are you doing on this last day? You're here to just convince people at the last minute that you're the only choice. This is the last. <laughs> I love the last minute because by this point, people have not made a decision. Uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's this is kind of a prestigious position, right? I mean, being on the air or being in front of people the last couple of days before election. But why? How many people have not decided? I, I've always wondered this. Why? I mean, how many people have not decided like early on? like 10 weeks ago, who they're voting for, right? I mean, what what do you hear when you're out there talking to people about this? Well, I've, I've run into a couple of people uh, who have said that they're undecided, and I asked them if they had any questions for me, anything that I could answer for them. They're like, no, I'm going to you know talk to my friends about it. Okay, well, let me know if I can answer anything. So I'm not sure what it is that they're wanting to know, uh, before they make the determination and they go in the ballot box. But I'm hoping that they see that I've been working for them. Well, you, you would hope so. I mean, you'd hope that that's what they would, uh, they would figure it out. But yeah, I mean, at some point you're like, um, you know, we, here we are the day before election day. Um, that's it. I mean, what, where do we, where do we go from there? I mean, it just doesn't, I don't understand uh, how people have not made that decision up until this point. Personally, that's just me. Well, we're those, we're part of the special crew. You and all your listeners that, what is it, less than 1% or one, less than 3% that pays attention to politics? Is that so, what, it, is that what it is? Less than 1%? I think it's, it's either one or three. Regardless, it's a really small percentage of the people who actually pay attention to politics uh, more than, you know, seven minutes a week. And uh, that makes you part of the elite. You're part of the special, part, you know, I'm part of the elite early morning club. Oh, my God. I'm part of the elite. I don't know what to <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. Um, yeah. The crowd who knows too much. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we talk a little bit sometimes here on the program about, you know, low information voters, people who, you know, they only pay attention to the election like, you know, three days before the election. And they try and it's like trying to take a sip off a fire hose, right? You're trying to get all this information at the last minute and it just never, you know, you never get it all. But uh, I mean, at some point you have to take personal responsibility for, uh, you know, for for learning what you need, what learning what you need to learn, right? Oh my goodness, yes. And and that's why I've continued to increase my communication to the district is so they know where to go. It's pretty overwhelming of well, how do I even know where to find it, good information? How do we know what government's doing? And um, you know, there's a lot of disconnect with that, but we have so much more access with with the internet and social media now to to what our uh governmental leaders are doing. So it's it's really improved. Right. Uh, Sarah Vance is our guest, uh, House District candidate for District 6 down there. What uh, What are you hearing from your constituency, Sarah? What are they talking about? What are they concerned about? I mean, is it uh, the PFD? Is it the economy? I mean, it seems like everybody is planning on – everybody on the other side was planning on abortion rights and some of those other things to really motivate their base to get out and vote. But what I'm hearing right now is not even so much about the permanent fund. What I'm hearing a lot about now is – the economy. How do I pay for gas? How do I put food on the table? How do I do all these other things? Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, we have, have a lot of seniors in my district and just uh, talking about how they can check in on each other to make sure that they're getting food, that they're eating and that they can fill up their, 
fuel tank to heat their homes. I mean, this is this is definitely a huge concern, and we have a very cold winter. Uh, but the very first thing on people's minds right now coming up to the election is what can we do to get rid of ranked choice voting? People clearly know that this is a sham that was thrust upon us. And I remind them that our district did not vote for ballot measure two, and uh, that I'm going to work to repeal uh, ranked choice voting and get us back to one person, one vote. So people give a big sigh of relief on that. Right. Because it is. It's confusing. It's I mean, we were just talking about we nothing will be done tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow's election day. And usually you can hit election day with a big sigh of relief and go, oh, OK, now I can. And now it's like, nope, you got to wait another 20, 21 days now uh, for everything to come down. So we're going to be in limbo right up until I mean, just a few days before the governor is required to present a budget. How how does that how does that even work? When you've got a governor that's supposed to present you with a budget, and we don't even know who the governor is going to be <clears throat> until ten days before the uh, until until ten days before the constitutional deadline for that. Well, that's something that we discussed and we're asking in the legislature, and he's he's likely going to have to give uh, just a, a very similar copy and paste budget from last year just to meet the legal requirements of getting something out there and uh, move forward and and then do what he can to prepare. I have heard that uh, the administration has been working on a budget for Governor Dunleavy. Uh, but like you said, if we have if we have a different governor, they're they're going to have to scurry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. What what happens if we end up with a Walker or a Garrett? Then what happens? I mean, uh, it'll be a whole new deal uh, and it might be cookie cutter. Are they working on budgets? Do they have the backing? of? I mean, this whole thing is a hot mess. Let's just put it that way. And here's the thing. This is my personal opinion, and I'm going to make a prediction here. I think we will be reaping the damage from the ranked choice voting system for the next 20 years. I think we. Ooh, will, I hope you're not right, Michael. I I think we will be reaping the damage. It might be turned over next year, um, but even if it is, we will feel the repercussions of that for years. Uh, that's my that's my prediction at this point. And I mean, everything's up in the air, but that's my prediction: is that we will feel the ramification of this for years. Um, and because they were, you know, again trying to, um, you know, trying to take us out, and make us a cheap date, and test this out. That's what they're doing. They were, they did it because Alaska was a cheap date, and they could test it out in a low population. And now you're seeing other places around the state. They're talking about putting ranked choice uh, voting on the ballot as well. This is this is the dream job. This is what they want uh, to get all this stuff out there. Um, what are, what are, you know, you, so you're hearing from your constituencies, ranked choice voting economy, what's Sarah, what's Sarah Vance's idea on how do we address these things? What, what do you, what do you think? Well, one of the first things that we need to do is, uh, is work on getting more people back to work. Uh, we're seeing that there's a lot of businesses struggling, struggling to stay open simply because they do not have workers. And we need to do everything that we can to strengthen our workforce again and help uh, with housing and childcare. That seems to be a big problem. And if we can encourage businesses to take that on, I do not believe that the government is going to be a solution to this. But we may be able to assist by reducing some burdensome regulations to get things going. 
and um, focus on strengthening the economy by providing a, a stable budget. I mean, we've been talking about this for years, haven't we, Michael? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, I've been talking about this for 20 years. Where's the fiscal plan? Where is the long term fiscal plan for everything that's going on? Uh, I mean, that's a that's the million dollar question at this point. Well, I think you're going to see a strong Republican majority that is committed to a long term fiscal plan and providing the stability that Alaskans have longed for. And uh, a lot of other issues like getting back to one person, one vote, election integrity, the things that we're seeing in the news right now that we've had concerns about for a long time. And uh, the big question marks that we've had are starting to be answered. We, we need to address that in, by law in Alaska. And we've been waiting a long time. So I'm hopeful that we are going to have a true majority this year and be able to accomplish some good things. Uh, I would agree. Sarah Vance, that's, I mean, we need to hope for that. Uh, you know, it's hope for the best. Pray, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And all your surprises will be happy ones. I don't know about preparing for the worst, but that's where we're at. Sarah Vance, candidate for House District 6 down in the Homer area, is our guest. We're going to continue with her here in just a hot second. Uh, don't go anywhere. We will be back with more here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Hi. How are you? I know it froze up for a minute. I don't know if something's going on with StreamYard or what. But Sarah Vance is joining us uh, this morning. Hello. I'm here. How are you found us? Was it was it the wrong link? Is that what you were doing? Clicking the wrong link? Or was it this link broken or what? The email that you sent was a Google one, not the the one with the duck. So the one on Messenger was the right one. Well, that's weird because I sent it to. I sent, that's weird. You know what? I don't know. I it it could be. I'm you know. Uh, it's just a day. It's already a day. I'm going back to bed after the show today. I'm telling you that right now. I I <laughs> I am tired and I do not. I'm fit. sorry for all the trouble, but no. at least we can talk yeah. on the phone the old old fashioned way for the radio. Exactly. That worked out just fine. So that's good. Um, how are you feeling overall, Sarah? I mean, we're in the break here. It's just me and you and 91 of our closest friends on Facebook and YouTube. So how are you feeling overall? I mean, are you, are you pretty confident here? Are you encouraging people to still get out obviously, but has the reaction oh, been, has the reaction been pretty good? It has been. And really what I have people telling me is, yeah, Sarah, I think you're going to do great. You're not going to have a problem here because, uh, you have been the best representative that we've had in a very long time. And that's always refreshing to hear, uh, but definitely reminding people to get out and vote that it really does matter. You know, our district down here on district six has been uh, one of the top early voting districts in absentee ballots. So I have a lot of people saying, Hey, I already voted for you, which is always a good sign. Yeah. And, uh, Excited to vote on Tuesday. Yeah, definitely not bad when they say I've already voted for you. Okay, hey, thanks. That uh, makes it uh, that makes it good. Uh, Bobby says it's still buffering. Let me know if you guys are having a hard time in the chat room. 
this morning with every, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's Monday. It's Monday and uh, it's the day before elections. So what are, so what are you going to do for 21 days after election day? I mean, what, what do you, I mean, do you throw your hands up in the air? Do you go take a vacation? Do you, you know, what do you do for a few days before all this madness comes out? What, what is your plan? Oh my goodness. I'm going to be busier than ever. But what I'm hoping for is that uh, all of the listeners in my district are going to encourage all their friends and neighbors to get out and vote Vance so that on election night, we can see that I have enough of a landslide that we can call it on election day. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, that's true. Because again, if it's, any, yeah, if any candidate in a, in, in any of these ranked choice voting races, if any candidate goes over 51, it's pretty much done at that point. Um, but, uh, that's unusual. It would be awesome to see. I would love to see it down in the peninsula, uh, to see that happen. Um, and maybe it could, maybe, maybe it could, uh, that would be a fantastic, that'd be a fantastic turn of events. Let me just put it that way. It's up to the, it's up to the voters. They get to determine that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how many people intend to vote, but they forget they're going to work. They're going to vote on election day. Things get busy. So uh, my encouragement to everyone listening is go ahead and send your friend that text. Hey, did you remember to vote today? You know, especially around five o'clock in the evening when people are getting off work, just send that friendly reminder because they go, oh yeah, there's still time. The polls are open until 8 p.m. Or you could go before work, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, the polls are open today for early voting right here. uh, Homer City Council, Sadatna Prep School, Soldovia City Council that you can go ahead and beat the crowd, get in today, uh, get your vote in, but it really does matter. So we're also going to have a party out at Land's End upstairs to watch the numbers roll in and uh, be able to see what's happening. But I'm going to be busy. I have uh, the farm convention up in Anchorage this weekend. Uh, There's a couple of uh, fundraiser galas. I have uh, another convention out of state with uh, my committee for human dignity. So there's a lot to be done. My daughter's a nutcracker and I have to volunteer. So a lot of stage help. Uh, yeah, so very, very busy. And then I'm the, I'm in, my mom informed me I'm in charge of baking for Thanksgiving. So we are going to see another Kentucky Derby pie. Oh man, Kentucky Derby pie looks delicious. My wife came up with a couple other um, new ones this year. Uh, that she found from some friend, some grandma, some Nana's old recipe. Nana's old recipe for cho- oh, yeah. chocolatey fudge pie, something or other. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll I'll take one for the team and uh, take and one for the that's team. Right. Uh, somebody is asking uh, any early voting today. Uh, might be snow plowing tomorrow. Uh, I would just check in with the division of elections. I think most of the polling places are. Most of the major polling places are going to be early um, voting as well, uh, but I would check Alaska.gov, uh, the elections, DOE, Division of Elections there, uh, to check it out. Okay, uh, Sarah Vance, our guest, Del- Division of Elections on Bogard, on Bogard, 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 I can never remember how to pronounce that. Uh, thank you, Julie. I appreciate that. All right, folks. Uh, 15 seconds. We're about to rejoin. Like and share, like and share. We might hit 100 today. It's been a while since we've hit 100 here in the chat room. Look at that. She's repping the gear. She's got the the big beard mug there. Six o'clock club. Represent. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show.
Okay. All righty. One final segment of this hour. Sarah Vance is our guest. She joins us live from Homer. Uh, what's the temp down there? Is it warm? Is it cold? Oh, you know, I haven't checked. I think it's cold. It's I think it's pretty. Cold. It's pretty brisk. It's like three degrees here, so I'm ha- I'm hating life a little bit right now. I'm just you know, I thought it was going to be a. I thought we were going to have an Indian summer. Thought we weren't going to have snow until Thanksgiving, but it just didn't happen that way. All right, so it so, must not be too bad. You're not wearing your scarf. Uh, I know. I had the heater blasting in here earlier, and <laughs> I think I've got a bit of a fever, so I'm a little. I'm already hot. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, so Sarah, tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, first days, first days, let's all assume that I've waved a magic wand and Sarah Vance is now uh, back in the legislature. You know, we have a majority. What are Sarah, what are your priorities? Give me, give me the, give me first looks here at the first 90 days. Uh, well, first 30 days, let's not go to 90. Let's go 30 days of the new session. What are you focusing on? Well, the very first thing we're going to do before we get to Geno's, we're going to organize uh, we we do not want to have another uh, session where we're taking more than a month to organize. That's just unacceptable. And uh, we've been working on trust and relationships with new candidates and just getting to know each other so that we can avoid that and um, looking at what it's going to take to govern. So that's a first priority. The second one, obviously, is doing what I told my constituents that I would do. And that is looking to repeal ranked choice voting, getting support for that in both bodies and and getting us back to one person, one vote. The second priority, or is that the third? I guess the third. That's the third. Is, uh, that's that's le- the let's third, letter C. Is my, letter C. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're on top. Uh, is my No Patient Left Alone Act last year in a third special session uh, that that passed as an amendment on the House floor to the telehealth bill, and we saw the majority uh, kill the bill. And uh, I introduced it in session this year, never did get a hearing, and I'm committed to uh, passing that bill so that our loved ones do not have to be in a healthcare facility or a hospital alone during surgeries or, or even on their deathbed. That's still happening in Alaska today, and I want to see that come to an end. And I think those are all, I think those are all fantastic. Um, And again, we mentioned it earlier in the break, but I think, you know, what we really need um, uh, on top of everything you just laid out there, which I think is a good plan, what we really need, Sarah, and what I've been fighting for and railing for for years is we need a long-term fiscal policy in the state. And we just... Absolutely. We just don't have we just don't have them anymore. There is there's there's really never been any long term. It's always one year to the next. It's always one crisis to the next. There's no long term strategy where people are looking forward, you know, not just to next year, but to five, 10, 15 years uh, down the road. I mean, the closest thing was, I guess, the governor's 10 year plan that came out the last year, year before and the fiscal policy working group. At least they acknowledge that these are all issues that have to be dealt with in combination. And here we are. Yes. And uh, I'm committed to that as well. I am not the finance person. I am not good at math. Uh, I I understand the basics of economics and things like that and what it's going to take to build a strong economy. But I'm not going to be the person that you want in the nitty gritty at this point in the game. Uh, But I will be heavy in policy and other committees. But yes, I'm committed with my team to look at that and what it's going to take 
and um, think that we can get more out of our budget. There's still so much that needs to be done to find the efficiencies and to, to, to squeeze out the best dollars out of our budget so that we can have a, a fiscal plan and do things wisely. Uh, I think all of us can point to where we've seen waste in our government and uh, we need to be able to take a good look at that and do things better. No, I mean, we've we've talked about the waste on this program for years, uh, whether it is, uh, you know, additional Medicaid, Medicare uh, programs, whether it's, uh, you know, schools, whether it's the funded but unfilled, the ghost positions, as I like to call them, because that right. sounds spooky. The ghost positions. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of positions in the state government that are funded but don't have a body attached to them so that department can then use that money for pretty much anything they want. Uh, they're still providing the service. They're still getting the job done, but they don't have all the bodies that they're supposed to, and they use that money for other things. I mean, they should either fill the position or the funding should be pulled away from that position if they're doing a good enough job right now with what they have. I mean, this is a no-brainer to me. Uh, it's pretty simple. Yeah, there's. Uh, we've seen that time and time again, but of course, right now we're dealing with the same thing in state government as everyone else's is and looking for people to fill some basic positions. Down here on the Lower Peninsula, we were down two or three people in our road service. Our roads were not being plowed the, uh, the way that they need to be. Luckily, we have those positions filled this year. Uh, but one area that my office has seen that we can make some efficiencies is in the permanent fund division. How many of you have had issues getting your dividend and you've called the office and waited hours and hours or you've gone in uh, into the office and the line was out the door and you haven't been able to get the help you need. So people have been calling my office and saying, hey, for some reason I didn't get my dividend, can you help me? We're able to email the division. But what we're finding out is if they if they provided more help on the front end, perhaps it would save the division a lot of personnel time at this time of year having to clean up the mess, right? Having to say, well, we needed this from you or, you, you know, this was answered incorrectly on the, the questionnaire, uh, that we would save in just the time that personnel, which time is money, in being able to uh, find those efficiencies in government so they can focus on other things. That's something that has come up this year that I think we could do better and, and reduce the cost of just issuing our permanent fund dividends. Right. No, I mean, I think that that should be a, a priority. We need to, you know, we need to find a way to take the, well, I mean, let's, let's face it, Sarah, you've been down there long enough to be able to give me a, a straight read on this. My assertion has been that the people in charge, the powers that be, the old guard, so to speak, who continue to take the chairs and the, and the, and the leadership positions and everything else, you know, that the permanent fund dividend sucks up all the oxygen in the room all the time. And it creates this perfect crisis moment. And I've been saying that we need to basically take the permanent fund off the table so that all these, you know, so that we can keep, uh, so we can actually get down to the nitty gritty of what's wrong with the state. Uh, my assertion has been, there are people in that power of the B, in the powers of the B sector that they don't want to take the permanent fund off the table. They like the fact that it creates a crisis mode. They like the fact that it's a pressure point that they could squeeze and push on. And uh, am I wrong on that, in your opinion? Oh, I agree. And we saw that this year with the budget. We saw that the Senate, uh, by a miracle, was able to get a lawful dividend 
the full historical dividend into the budget. They sit it over to the House. And you saw the speaker delay that uh, vote for, what, five days? And uh, start picking off people and negotiating. And you saw the lobbyists rush right. into the Capitol. And all of a sudden, there was a lot of pressure on people who would have voted yes for that dividend because they said they would, their districts needed it. But when it came down to it, we didn't have the votes. I voted yes on that budget. I pinched my nose and was going to encourage the governor to pull out his red pen uh, because that was the first time in, what, six or seven years that we've had a lawful dividend. But we saw them pick everybody off in in, with their um, the twisting of the arms. And it was it was an awful sight to see. And it's highly effective. They've they do that year after year. But we know that this is an age-old conversation. 20 years ago, the question was put on the ballot before the people. Can we use the dividend to pay for state services? And the people clearly said no. Right. So this isn't a recent problem. This has been going on. The legislature, if the cookie jar's there, they're going to stick their hand in it. Right. And they've been trying to do that since 1999. 83% of Alaskans said not only no, but hell no. And so that's a that's the way we're at. All right, down to two minutes here. Uh, Sarah, I want to give you a chance. Your final pitch, final bite at the apple, tell people why. Oh, why should they vote for Sarah Vance, and how do they find out more about you, and where do they go, and where your meeting and your, your celebratory thing is, and all that stuff. Give it to us. Well, it is a pleasure serving this district, and you know that I'm going to do your will above everyone else. And uh, you can reach me at sarahvance.org or on my uh, several Facebook pages and social media accounts. You can give me a call or text. I'm always available. My office is still uh, available to help serve you for your needs. But, um, you know, I encourage you to tell your friends to vote Vance because I'm working hard for you on more than just legislation. This is a full-time job for me, and I, I, I really mean it. But uh, we are having an election watch night party at Land's End, beginning at 8 o'clock because the polls close at 8. And we have a DJ. We're going to have some games and be able to watch the numbers on all the races roll in and have a good time. So that's at Land's End in Homer upstairs. And uh, I'm looking forward to see all of my friends there and hope that we can have a good time. All right, Sarah Vance. Uh, what was it? VoteVance.com. Is that the, am I got that right? Is that the? It's SarahVance.org. Okay. But you can find me on Vote Sarah Vance on Facebook. Vote Sarah Vance on Facebook. SarahVance.org uh, or Vote Sarah Vance on Facebook. All right, Sarah Vance, thank you this morning for coming in. Sorry with all the confusion and the different links and everything else. But we did, we persevered. That's the important part. So We did. All right, I appreciate it. Sarah Vance, our guest uh, here as we come into hour two. In just a hot second, don't go anywhere, Sarah. We're going to be talking with Mike Shower, who is going to be coming in for his final shower hour of power, I guess, before Election Day. We'll see if he can win some hearts and minds. Scorched earth. I mean, or something. It'll be fun. We're going to have a good one. All right, the Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free thing and radio. Back with more right after this. All right. <clears throat> well, one final bite at the apple is what we always try and do. We'll try and give you one more, one more, uh, one more little segment there. If there's anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about, or something you wanted to go a little deeper on, Sarah, I'll give you a couple minutes here to just kind of 
talk off the, whatever. Just talk about whatever off the top of your head. I'm going to go take a break. Come on back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's, uh, I think we're talking to preaching to the choir here of all the people who pay attention and know what's going on. And, uh, you know, the main thing is, is that we're going to keep fighting for you. There's, there's so much noise out there. I think everyone's going to take a big sigh of relief once Tuesday's over because you can listen to the radio without all the crazy ads and, and watch YouTube again and <laughs> things like that. My uh, gosh, we yeah. are looking forward to that relief as well. Yeah. But the one thing is, we can't do this without the voters. I can't serve without all of you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep fighting for you and speaking for you, but I need you to speak for me at the ballot box and shower and all the rest of us. You know, uh, I just want to share how much we truly value all that you do for us. You contribute to our campaigns. You get out there and you talk to your friends about us and tell us what we're doing. Uh, you watch us during the session and pay attention to what's going on. And we really appreciate that. This is this is what it's about. This is governing. This is improving Alaska. And uh, I just want to say, take this moment to say thank you because it really does matter. You know, it's the fives, the tens, the fifteen dollar donations. It's the people who are struggling to put gas in the tank but can still break off a fiver and drop it in your campaign bucket or things like that. Those are the people that, uh, to me, always uh, made the biggest splash when I could look at them and see that. That $5 meant something to them. It wasn't just another Starbucks coffee drink. This was an important, uh, you know, this is something important from their budget. And uh, I was always touched by that. So I agree with you. Um, I uh, I love to see it. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I was just reading all the talking heads and nobody really knows which way anything's going, right? I mean, we're so up in the air between the in Alaska with ranked choice voting and in the rest of the country with the the Roe v. Wade and this and that and the other thing, red wave. I mean, do you think it's do you think it's happening? I think so. You know, it's pretty hard to ignore uh, how detrimental the leftist policies have been to um, our economy, to energy, to uh, inflation, and it's it's getting so obvious that people people can't ignore it anymore. They can't justify any other reason because. We see two years ago what we had. We saw that you can just look at the price of gas. And same with my opponent is preaching about ending oil and gas in Alaska and um, not giving people options for energy. We just, we don't, we don't need that. We need every option available to us right now because right. the effects of this Biden economy is going to last for several years. And uh, we need to be able to help our friends and neighbors in whatever way we can and strengthen the economy in Alaska. And I think people are seeing it. It's very, very clear that uh, we just had a better environment, a better economy, and um, and just an easier way of living under uh, conservative uh, principles. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of things in play, but I think that the uh, the inflation and the transitory nature of it, supposedly, and everything else, I think all those comments lead back to people thinking. And this is something historical. This is not anything of the surprise. I mean, the 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 person in power, of the White House, and in the halls of Congress, they're the ones that take the blame when the economy goes down. And I think as we continue to quote James uh, Carvel. It's the economy stupid. I mean, there's a lot of other issues, guns, abortion, everything else. But the mm -hmm. bottom line is people, what they were, they're affected by is that pocketbook day in and day out. That's what that's what affects them. Um, a couple of people have asked about your stance on the CONCON. You're a pro-CONCON person, right? You're, you're voting for the Constitutional Convention. Am I right? I'm a pro-CONCON. Yeah. 
Yes, Article 1, Section 2 says that all political power is inherent in the will of the people, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust the process and believe that you can you can do things that the legislature cannot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my hands have been tied, but yours are not. And I'm, I'm empowering the people to, to use the authority that our, our first constitutional convention gave them. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, Sarah Vance, good luck, my dear. I think it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see, but I mean, who knows? You may be celebrating tomorrow night. That would be amazing. I would, uh, my hat would definitely be off to you. Thank you. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you for coming on board. It's good to hear from you and we appreciate you being part of the show and, uh, thumbs up. Good luck for you for tomorrow. See you on the other side. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Sarah Vance, our guest, uh, here on the program. As we uh, get ready to go, all right, um, Mike Shower is going to be joining us in a hot minute. I just sent him a bunch of te- I just sent him a bunch of text messages to make sure that he had the right link and everything else, and yada yada yada. So hopefully, fingers crossed, all that stuff works out here, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be diving in. We haven't talked with Shower in weeks, weeks. I was just going to look up at my. Uh, just going to look up on my calendar here to see how long it's been. It's been, uh, it's been a day or two, haven't it? Since, uh, since we had shower on, he's on today. Um, woof, woof. Um, nope, 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 man. <clears throat> I don't think we've had him on since August. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. So uh, we're looking forward to having him on, uh, we're looking forward to having uh, uh, Mike Shower on here in just a few moments. So we're going to uh, be diving into that and talking about it. Uh, don't forget to like and share the show. We hit 100 today. I thought that was, a, it's been a while since we've hit 100 in the chat room uh, between Facebook and YouTube. So thank you for coming in. If you're brand new to the show, please make sure that you like and follow the show pages wherever you came in on. Whether that's Facebook or YouTube, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube, and follow and like the show on uh, on Facebook. And uh, we're all hanging out together. We're all hanging out together. Uh, we need the shower hour of power, says Dan. Yep, um, that's what we're doing. Um, did you forget to show up at the tug on Friday? Uh, yes, I was slammed. I didn't forget. Um, I ended up working until something like six 30 that night on something else. I was on two projects and so I just didn't get away. So my bad, I was going to go down and see him and I didn't do it. Good morning and welcome to it. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukes show.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. 
The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. The Michael Dukes Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Good morning and welcome back to the program. It is hour two, and as you can tell... Uh, <laughs> I'm a little under the weather today. I'm not not 100% with it all the time. Uh, all right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. We are diving into it here this morning. The final day before Election Day. The final day. Unfortunately, that doesn't... Um, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't help us because we'll still be 21 days away from we still won't know what's going on in most of those races for days. But at least maybe we can stop hearing the political ads. How about that? Uh, joining us uh, this morning to talk about uh, stuff and things and campaigns. Like I said, it's been I don't think we've talked to him since August. Uh, we're going to be joined by state senator. Uh, Mike Schauer, who joins us this morning, uh, first uh, via telephone, and then we'll we'll talk with him about uh, we'll we'll see how he works here in just a bit. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good, Michael. How are you? You know, uh, it's Monday, and uh, it's um, it's Monday. It's Monday. That's about all I got. That's about all I got to say this morning. Monday, it is Monday, and here I am. Uh, so, what uh, what uh, what's going on, my friend? It's been a while since we've had a chance to chat and talk. What? Uh, how are things going in the campaign? Give me a, give me a thumbnail here of what you've been doing and who you've been talking to and what the consensus is from all the folks you've been uh, dealing with. Well, it is good to talk to you guys again. It's been a while, but, you know, I'm sure you told everybody it wasn't because we, you know, um, didn't want to talk. Just you had a really busy show. Yeah. You had all these different candidates come on, which I think is awesome. Yeah. That you're getting people. Um, hopefully you got my opponent on. I have not paid attention since you said you had a really full schedule. Which No. Nope. Yeah. And, no, that, oh, was a, no. That, was, that was a whole lot of nothing, my friend. A whole really? lot of nothing. Yeah. I assumed he would come on so he yeah. could talk about all the, well, okay, that's a bummer. Oh, well, we never did have a debate. So I know he was yep. offered at least four times to have one, so no debate. Um, so that was unfortunate because I think that would have been a really good thing for people to be able to ask questions and, and watch us, you know, contrast and compare personalities and positions on things because we've never done that, not one time. So that's unfortunate. But um, I didn't realize that. Like I said, I've just been doing my thing because you've had all of the candidates on but anyways it's awesome that you got all those people on we on the other hand have been exceedingly busy as you're well aware and then we've talked on the phone once or twice and uh just you know offline and we are like we focus a lot of time on big lake and kgb um because you know the old rudrick special um you know redistricting put us in the you know my opponent's backyard right where we were down almost all the votes and makes sense really when you think about it right i mean that's a place where they know that name and we've never you know we didn't represent that so they didn't know us and so uh we have spent a, a good portion of our time focusing there, walking neighborhoods. I don't know what we're up to now, probably 1,500 houses maybe, you know, or so neighborhood-wise. And um, I've actually heard from the other camp, you know, we don't walk neighborhoods in, in our district because, you know, they don't. people don't want that. I'm like, well, first of all, you obviously have no idea what they want because you're not walking neighborhoods. <laughs> Secondly, I've walked probably at this point four to 5,000 houses total, and trust me, they actually appreciate the fact that you show up and bother to get into their neighborhood and, and take the time to walk the houses and ask them questions. People do appreciate it. And I would tell you, we get about, I don't know, like I guess 85% positive 
um, the negatives are, you know, they just, it's like the don't tread on me. I'm not interested. You know, they kind of shut the door or, you know, you get the occasional Democrat. that's like, I don't want your garbage, you know, but that's right. pretty rare. Um, even, even a lot of Democrats, so they just want to ask questions. So that's been really cool as it is, you know, always has been, um, to talk to people and a lot of events, of course, you know, and again, back to the, you know, the size of the district, you know, from Valdez, Stoglin, Allen. All the way through the Matsu Dunby Lake KGB. And now we go up to Healy, uh, past Healy, uh, to, to clear, and I have to get it right because I always want to say clear Air Force Station. It's a clear Space Force Station. Still <laughs> feel like I'm in Star Trek. Right, right. Um, and it's going good. I mean, Mike, we've gotten a ton of fundraising um, and donations from people, especially after the primary, when I think it kind of shocks some people the results. And our, our uh, fundraising has been significant if you look at APOC compared to the other camp. And the other thing was really cool is that the other camp has, you know, a lot of union donations and packs and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's a, you know, maybe almost the majority of it. And you look at ours and it's, it's all Alaskans. I mean, all I should say all individuals, all people. Right. And most of it in the 20 to $100 range, which just shows me, you know, a swell of grassroots support, which for Michelle and I has been very encouraging because it feels like, okay, we have the support, right? Right. Um, people are giving us, I mean, we've had five, ten, twenty dollar donations. People say, Mike, it's all I got. I go, well, that's a big deal, right? You know, right. So, I just said that with Sarah. You know, there was nothing when I was running for office. First of all, there was nothing better than going door to door because you got to see people on their front porch and they were more than willing to share their thoughts with you, which I always found just fascinating. And like you said if they gave you five or ten or fifteen or twenty bucks sometimes you could see that it was that was a lot for them i mean that was like they were deciding whether you know th that was a big decision and uh, it's definitely very humbling to see those kind of uh those kind of donations come in yeah it really was so between the walking um and we still were walking other parts of the district obviously i mean even in the lds and up in healy you know etc but the walking, the, the uh, donations, um, the volunteers. We've been waving signs, believe it or not. You normally don't do that to the last couple of days. We've been waving signs for about a month now or a little more. And there's a pretty good group of volunteers coming out. We've had upwards of 25 people um, almost every week uh, going out. We've done it a couple times in the last week. A couple of us were just over at Big Lake um, uh, Three Bears Saturday you know, morning. And it was like <laughs> 10 degrees out. Yeah, we're all yeah. dressed up with our signs waving them you know a handful of us over there so it's pretty cool yeah um but there's all that stuff mike just busy radio you know when we can we are we are just putting out a ton of radio ads all over the district i mean radio stations in every part of the district we have mailers sometimes two in every precinct in the district you know digital ads in the entire district geofenced for it i mean it's mike we are you know, basically, we're leaving nothing on the field, everything. And yeah. We're just doing everything we can every last minute. Um, clearly, this one was a dogfight. And uh, doing, I mean, just like I said, leaving nothing on the field. So now we'll be up to the people. They will either choose, you know, uh, us or they'll choose the other guy. And we'll see where we go. And I hope they choose us because there's an awful lot at stake here when you look at things like the PFD and the binding caucus and who's going to control the Senate. Um, the Senate is really what's at stake right now. And if we right. don't send the right people back, there will, I'll tell you right now, there will be a binding caucus and there will be a tiny PFD and there will be no repeal of ranked choice voting and there will be no election integrity or judicial reform. The Senate will be what it was five, six, seven years ago and do what it wants. And that'll be the end of it. So I, I and I'm, I'm not just specifically talking my race. I mean, there's other ones like Kathy Diesel comes back over Holland. Well, right. you know where that's going. Right, right. right. Just, uh, Matt Clayman beats Costello, who, by the way, Kathy Diesel's campaigning with Matt Clayman 
and Giesel still claims to be a Republican, it's laughable. She's co-chair on Walker Drygas as a Democrat governor. I mean, just yeah, the stuff that's at stake, Mike, is is big deal. So we'll see. I mean, you know, well, whatever happens, as I told you, we'll be at peace. We'll we'll go where we're led and where we need to be. But I do hope we get enough of the right people back to control the Senate because what would be really tragic is after the last four years to get the house back under control of people that are going to stick together and then watch the Senate become the house. So, yeah, no, I mean, look, this is the, this is the opportunity right here. This is the, this is the chance. Um, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed when any candidate won't come on, won't respond, won't talk to me. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm very frustrated by that, especially in light of some of the things that have come out since the beginning of this campaign, uh, and some of the accusations that I've heard, uh, about Massey. Um, I know he refuted one thing in the must read column, but there really was no refutation. It was more just outrage that somebody would bring that stuff up. And, uh, I mean, I think this is important. We need to have people that we know that we could trust that have a track record. And I think, You've been doing it. Um, I mean, I'm just psyched that with the redistricting, you ended up in my district. I mean, that's uh, that's exciting for me. So I get a chance to vote for Mike Shower um, ah, coming up. Yeah, no, it's it's you know it was weird. I was I was in David Wilson's district, and all of a sudden, with the lines redrawn, guess what? Mike Shower is my guy. So um, yeah, that was there was some irony there for sure. Um, you know, as you go about and you you talk to people. Um, you know, it used to be PFD was a big deal, but it seems like more and more we're getting, you know, we're watching what's going on with the economy and the oil, you know, gas prices, diesel shortage. I mean, just, we could just lay the things out. Has the, has that pendulum swung around? Are they more concerned now about, you know, the economics, the economy, the inflation, that kind of stuff? Is that what they're talking about? I think that you're right, Mike. When I listen, like I said, we've walked so many houses right now, um, which is, in my opinion, regardless of what other people think, I think it's a very good barometer to listen to people, not just town halls and all that stuff, you know, whatever. But we've, you know, again, talked to several thousand people, and it is interesting to hear what is at stake to them. And you're right. I Like I told you, I think a few months ago, I was already hearing it. It's kind of like the 1992 campaign presidential bush and clinton it's like it's the economy stupid you know and literally for most people they're wondering or how are they going to pay their bills now the pfd mattered right. and it's come up in conversation because you know a lot of people have realized that it was i'm the one that put the amendment in for the statutory pfd right <clears throat> you, know, the, you know that arcane concept of following the law in alaska <laughs> wait um, wait 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 you mean we're supposed to follow a law once it's on the books yeah how, i mean no, how, so weird. what what is how does that how does that happen yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird concept. Some, sometimes it's just like, damn, like, oh, what, the law follow it? So, um, but that's come up a few times. And the cons, but it's in the construct of what you're talking about. They're like, the PFD really helped. Like, you know, I, I used it to pay, you know, to get my heating oil because it's like, you know, a million dollars to fill your, you know, heating oil tank right now with the cost. Or, you know, I had to pay my bills off or whatever and the price of gas, you know, commuting and working. So <clears throat> the PFD is still important to people, Michael, but that's in a concept of the greater cost of goods with inflation right now and where things sit. But most people are discussing how expensive things are, whether it's food, fuel, just in general trying to survive seems to be what's mostly on their mind. The other part of our district everywhere, of course, is roads and infrastructure. That's, you know, our roads and the mats are terrible. We all know it. We've been getting shorted by certain people on finance, you know, that hate the Matsu for years, not just nothing to do with me, just they don't like us. And so, Trying to get road money and infrastructure for the maintenance, upkeep, and new upgrades has been a big deal. Crime, 
And in the more rural parts, I continue to hear about, you know, first responders, you know, emergency services, more law enforcement, troopers, um, et cetera. So those are the big things I think on people's minds. But everything, almost everything is, has something percolating through it to do with the economy and um, the price of living right now and whether or not people are even going to have jobs. So it's everywhere. I mean, everybody can, you can every conversation you have somehow it's it's got that included in it right whether it, the pfd is a central part or not it's it's there right it comes back to it because that's what on you know it's on everybody's mind i mean my wife came to me the other day and she, she came back from the store and she's like this and this and this and this has you know some of it's nearly doubled in price i mean what's you know she's she's getting worried as she you know as she should as many of us should as we look at this i mean i got you know i got i got a bunch of people in my house eating eating grub and eating groceries and every time she goes there you know what was a $1000 trip might now be a $1400 trip i mean that's not something that's not something you can continue on you know that is uh that is correct, my friend, and that is a problem for everybody. So, you know, unless you're very wealthy, we're very well off. Um, you know, it, it's tough. And the ones that really, you know, you can hit are the people that are very, you know, struggling to get by. That'd be the people that are, you know, minimum wage jobs or, you know, maybe just one's work and they lost their job. And then the seniors, you know, those on fixed incomes, boy, they're really struggling right now. Yeah. So we went and did the food bank. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Senator Wilson and I went there and we were talking to him and one of the ladies coughed up and she's she right out and said it didn't ask her she's like hey thank you for the pfd she's like because all these people with the food bank she's like right now everybody that's you know struggling is using it literally to try to buy food because their food bank usage is just spiking right now because people are they don't know what to do right. like you know people living in a car they can't pay for food um for their kids and so um it is you see it for real mike when you talk to these people and they come back and tell you that and they're like man i can't you can see it everywhere you go. You know that people are struggling and just trying to get by. So it's, yeah, it's tough, and it's not not even really on the you know to get into the political side of it. Just watching people struggle, you know, and trying to figure out how to help them. You know, we have direct method with PFD. That's why it's nice. Yeah, that's our money, and we can help our own people, and that's a great thing. But you know, not that everybody agrees well, with that. No, but. because obviously, look at the pushback you got after you introduced it. I mean, that you know, how hard is it to just hashtag follow the damn law? That's all we're asking, you know. And you put it forward, and it immediately got riddled full of holes, and that's uh, what's going on. Mike Shower is our guest uh, candidate. Uh, for State Senate, District O. Currently your senator there. We're going to continue with him here in just a moment. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. We'll be back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, Mike Showers, our guest. Uh, let's uh, let's try this, shall we? See if we can bring all this on board. Hey, 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 hey! Look at that! It actually works. You got yourself muted. Uh, now I unmuted you. You're all good. Hey, um, let me turn that off so you can't do that. There we go. Boom. There we go. No more phone. No more phone. No more uh, echo. All right. So uh, can't hear you though. You can't hear me. 
You can't hear you me. Can't hear now I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Technology. Man. Two old guys. All Woo! right. Hold on a second here. I got a I got a little bit of echo from you here. I gotta make sure that I can hear myself. I don't want to hear myself. Okay. Um, all right. Uh so 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 fill me in, baby. What's uh I just wanna look back and look. I mean, we've talked a couple times, but you haven't been on the program since August. Um, give me a report from the trail. I mean, you, you're seeing that, like you said, 85% are positive when you go out and talk to them. Um, but again, I, I think you also mentioned that people were shocked, uh, shocked, I tell you, when the uh, primary election results came in. Has that motivated people to get uh, more in your camp? I think so, Mike. That's probably the biggest thing is that people are going, wow, you know, how are you behind in the primary when, you know, you're the conservative guy and everybody likes you, you're doing all the conservative issues. And then, of course, you know, you're fighting a name, you know, name recognition matters. And then Big Lake and KGB, that was the issue. You know, that family's been there for 50 or 60 years, you know, so that's an easy thing to see. Most people will vote, you know, when they look on the, you know, they see two names, a Republican or Democrat, they'll vote for where their favorite, you know, party is. And then if they know two names, they'll pick the one that they've heard, you know, not the other one. So that's why we focused a lot of time. We're trying to get people to understand, no, it would be me. It wouldn't be Wilson anymore because I've had some people that said they didn't want him anymore just because I think he's been around a while, you know, for whatever the reasons are. And once I said, well, you know, I would be your new senator. They're, oh, well, I like you, you know, but the problem is, Mike, you got to go have that conversation six or 7,000 times to let everybody know it would be me and what I stand for and, and whether or not they've heard of me. So, you know, trying to saturate that area and let them know um, has been important. When we've been in that backyard for, you know, the last several months since the primary focusing, re- resetting the, the ground game plan, the battle plan, and like I said, most of it's been very positive um, from people. You know, they come up and we talk to them. They say, oh, well, I like you. You know, you're you're the guy. And I've talked to a lot of people that have switched their votes. So they say, <laughs> hopefully. Right. They say, oh, well, now that I know you, I'll vote for you now. But they just don't know that, like I said, a name thing. So between the donations spiking like they have, um, the ground game we're seeing walking everywhere, the volunteers that we're stepping up, um, and the feedback that we're getting, it's very positive. And so... I think, you know, especially when you see the donations, Mike, when you look at the APOC reports and see how much better we were doing, I think that matters um, because it does show ground support uh, and momentum, you know, kind of that grassroots. So I hope that that's making a difference for us. Um, and when I talk to people around the district in different parts, too, that's that's what I see is the people reaching out to us. So I think that we have had a momentum shift in our direction. But I'm not taking time to do polling. I'm not asking. That's just the general feel from walking neighborhoods and talking to people at town halls and meet and greets. But, you know, you, you never know in politics until the votes come in. And, of course, we have, you know, the ranked choice voting thing, what that's going to do to people. Are they going to show up? Are they going to be in person? You know, what's the online and absentee ballot? Because I've heard some, we've mailed out somewhere between 53 to 58,000 absentee Oof. ballots. Oof. So that would be interesting to see. You know, in the last point I'm making, we can say it on the radio. I sent a letter to the director of the Division of Elections last week to Phenomii and asked once again, I said, have we done anything since November of 2020 to upgrade the security um, of the 113,000 Alaskans, you know, data who was stolen? No. She said that on the record. Have we done anything to make sure that we've checked? all of the data for who was not only had their data breach, but to secure the system and the IT. No. So according to Lieutenant Governor Meyer, who's been so cooperative with me on election reform, not, um, and the the Division of Elections Director, we have not done anything to upgrade our system. 
So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's grab into that here. We're twenty seconds out, so don't go anywhere. Uh, Captain Mike Shower, congratulations, by the way. Uh, mm. <laughs> you made, made captain. Yeah, uh, uh, a little busy. Uh, you bet a little busy. That's exactly it. All right, hold on, my friend. Let's get back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Like and share. Like and share. Like and follow. Here we go. All right, State Senator Mike Schauer is our guest running for re-election now in District O, was previously District E, but we had some uh, we had some changes, some redistricting. Like I said, I was happy to see that I was redistricted into Mike's district, and uh, that made me happy. But it came with its own set of uh, problems and, of course, name recognition and everything else. We were just talking about that. Uh, but we were also talking about uh, some of the highlights and some of the things that Mike's been focusing on uh, as he has been in the legislature. One of your big things has been um, you know, voter security, uh, voter accountability, um, <coughs> excuse me, election security. And you just sent a letter out last week to Gail Fanumiai, who is the director to the Division of Elections, talking about these things. And you got some interesting answers back. Yeah, so far we haven't done anything, Mike. That's been the problem is the the state itself under the lieutenant governor who's responsible for elections. And, you know, I've talked pretty openly here that, you know, we haven't gotten the response or the help on a lot of things that I'd hope we would up to and include at the end of last session when Lieutenant Governor stepped in, you know, about a week and a half before the end of the session and said, well, I don't like your bill. You mean the bill I've been working with you on for two years and that you told me to do? And now you come in with Randy Rujic telling you he doesn't like it. And now all of a sudden it's an issue like, yeah, whatever, dude. I mean, it was not a very happy meeting um, that, you know, they were fine. They were fine. They were fine. The very end they go, we don't like it. You know, and then, of course, Randy Rujic puts an article. That's a Democrat bill. I'm like, you liar. You flat out liar. You know, I'm like, why don't you tell the rest of the story there, Randy, that the fact that if the House is controlled by Democrats, they wouldn't even look at the bill. They weren't going to look at anything, nothing, zero be done. But you also had in that bill an update to cleaning up our election rolls, right, which we desperately need because we're overinflated. We had IT stuff in their security. We had ballot tracking in there. We got us out of the ERIC system. We got rid of Dominion machines. So don't freaking tell me that it's a freaking Democrat bill. It had some stuff that they wanted. Of course it did, because right. it was the only way we we're going to get it done. It's called it's, compromise, it's, right? It's called yeah, compromise. It's called yeah. compromise if you're going to get that other stuff that we wanted done before this election. And now we've got nothing with no help from the lieutenant governor. Randy Rujic spewing his lies, and then my opponent taking it and trying to run with it like it's a story, because he doesn't understand it at all. Ask him about election integrity. He's going to go, huh, what? Because he has no idea how to talk about it. Not a, Not a clue. Um, and so, you know, the biggest, that was one of the biggest lies about that was frustrating. It's like, well, same day registration. That's what they want. I'm like, Randy, do you even understand how it works? Because we agreed to let them register the same day, but they still have to live within the 30 days in that district. It doesn't change it. Right. And they had to vote a question ballot to do so. They weren't just going to get to register and vote like they came up from Mexico. But see, he doesn't tell you that. And he doesn't tell you that no bill was going to move because the House was controlled by Democrats. He doesn't put all the other stuff into the bill that we needed to update our system. He only tells you his little part of the story to spew the lie like they do. Standard garbage at a, at a pol- politicos, right? So, but we were close. 
we almost passed that when it fell apart in the last 30 minutes and Scott Ogan on his own went out and wrote an article that got published in must read. I read it. Well, it's pretty much spot on, um, you know, that we killed it in the end because all those amendments came down, you know, that big massive amendment for it in the last 30 minutes. And I'm like, I can't look at this in 30 minutes. I have no idea what it does. So after all that work and compromise trying to get it through, you know, we basically killed it in the last 30 minutes, which was painful, but so be it. Right. You know, this, is after, is, this is after, I just want to make it clear to people, this is after two years of compromising, working yeah. across the aisle, putting all this stuff together, trying to get information out of the division of elections, trying to see the OMB report for that, all those things. You worked on this for two years and they hung a bunch of stuff on it in the last 30 minutes and you had to kill it. I had to kill it. Yeah. That bill that mattered for a lot of good stuff that we wanted and needed. And they're, what are you going to do, Mike? I mean, that's the way they play politics. It gets dirty. And it was like, all right, it's done. And it shoved a bunch of other stuff in there, too. And Christmas treated with two other bills. So I'm just like, all right, well, that's the end of it. So be it. That's politics. But that that failed. And, of course, like I said, I've got my opponent out there. He's going, well, who couldn't pass a bill? I'm like, that's because I'm not passing freaking name of bridge bills. I'm not passing board extensions that everybody votes for because they're, they're while they need to be done, they're not hard. Everybody votes for it. I right. could do that and pass six, seven, eight bills, too. I didn't do that. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm there to do the important stuff. And election reform was one of those. Well, for and some we of us, for some right. of us, a politician who doesn't pass bills is a good thing, right? That's right, I mean, right. Yeah, passing bills left and right. It's always necessary. Yeah, unless the bill's like stripping out stuff, right? Like reducing government. That would be a positive. Um, you know, the judicial selection, selection bill I had, um, you know, that's the other lie being spread. Well, Shower can't pass bills. He actually said this. He can't get bills out of his own committee. The only bills out of my committee I didn't move were the ones I chose not to move. And primarily that was the constitutional amendment ones because I knew they weren't going to go anywhere. We filed them as a talking point right. so we could discuss them. So, again, it's showing an, an ignorance of how it actually works and what happened and or just spreading a lie. Right. Lots of lies, Mike. For the clean campaign rhetoric, it's been pretty dirty. It really has. Other than uh, the district chair putting out that thing about my opponent, which I had no part of and didn't want a part of and don't want anything to do with that. Right. Um, yeah, I get this, you know, and I find out as well a couple of weeks ago that my opponent invited, you know this? I haven't even said this on the radio. He invited good old boy Senator Josh Revac to his little campaign deal there in Big Lake and allowed Josh Revac to stand up there and absolutely tear into my character and impugn me for, I don't know, like 10 minutes. Somebody told me that. They called and said, hey, I was there. This is what he did. And then he writes like a day or two later, he writes that article that, you know, about the district chair wrote and said all that. And he said, you know, he talks, well, I wanted a clean campaign. I'm like, you just let Josh Reback stand up at a campaign event and impugn my character for, you know, however long that happened and said nothing. So don't get, don't talk to me about clean campaigns, Mike. This is the stuff that's going on that nobody sees. It's not being talked about. This is the Wasilla, you know, power, you know, cobble you know, going on with the, the old family names that are all connected. So, you know, I have not talked about this stuff. I've just taken it on the chin and continue to focus on policy, election reform, judicial reform, comprehensive fiscal plan, comprehensive energy plan, the things that matter for the state, the constitutional amendments that need to happen, whether or not we should have a constitutional convention. Even with all this going on, I'm still out there trying to talk to people and debate it. I debated Libby Bacalar. Of all people. Yeah. Right. That was a hell of a, I mean, that was a hell of a debate. For those of yeah. you who don't know who Libby Bacalar is, she's the one hot mess Alaska uh, Twitter uh, gal. And she, uh, she's the attorney that got fired by Dunleavy that took it all to court. She's a, she's a, she's an interesting cat. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's just, just a, kind of talk about the fact that, you know, all the things that are important because you asked, I mean, I've been working my tail off on the hard stuff, actually moving most of it where it gets killed. 
is, of course, either the House controlled by leftist Democrats. And, you know, anybody can sit here and say, wow, you know, Shower can't move his bills. Yeah, no, neither are you. You're not moving a bill through that House either, one. Two, or it gets killed by the rhino Republicans in the Senate because I've dealt with that, right? right. Two of my bills made it to finance. You think Burt Stedman and Click Bishop let them go through? Yeah. No, they no. died. Yep. Right, because they're angry and they don't they don't like the Matsu. So, you know, people can sit here and crow about how much they're going to do, Mike. That, again, shows just an ignorance of how the process works because with the way the bodies are set up and who's in certain positions, you're not moving those bills. They don't like them. I had the make the binding caucus bill illegal, got it all the way through the Senate. It was sitting in rules, ready to go to the floor for a vote. Do you know who refused to bring it up? One of the old guard three in the Senate. Right. You got Stevens, Bishop, and Stedman. Stevens wouldn't let it come to the floor for a vote. It was in his committee, ready to go right to the floor. I had that bill. It sat there and he refused to do it. Don't tell me I can't move bills. Right. It's because certain people don't want those bills or they don't like those bills. And that's the way it works, Mike. It's like the defund the police ones that came out of a certain Democrat. I didn't move those bills. Yeah. Right. No, because I mean, it's, I, it's, it's the game. Terrible. Yeah. We don't want to defund the police and all that stuff. No, we're not doing that. But the so, problem is, of course, low information voters are people who don't understand how the process works. They hear that and they go, oh, he can't get bills passed. They don't understand that that's how it works. Or that I missed 25% of the votes. Now, let's just talk about that lie because I actually had to get online and counter that one, Mike. Because, you know, I'm sitting here going, there was a, uh, this is kind of fascinating. I'll give this one little thing here. So there was this pro-life, right? I had ads out that said I'm the only pro-life candidate because my opponent opponent has it written nowhere. I'm pro-life. I'm open about it. I have it written down. Um, you know, I told you I'm a Christian and that's my position, right? I don't, I don't jump up and down about it. It's not my, my only issue like some candidates, but it's important to me. So it's out there. And I said, well, he doesn't have it written anywhere. I've never heard him answer the question. So I must be the only pro-life. So we put out some ads, some digital ads that was out there. And then I got a couple of people calling up and say, well, Mike, he's pro-life. I'm like, well, where? It's not written anywhere. Well, he is. I've asked him. I said, all right, you know what? Based on those conversations alone, I'll fix it. I'm not going to have false information. You know, he, you know, not that him and I are going to talk, but so be it. So I did. With that day, I fixed it. Pulled it all down. Changed it. You know what hasn't happened, Mike? Massey's 25% of the votes I've missed lie that all you have to do is go to AKLEG and look at the amount of votes and add and do a little division. Real simple math. And it's like, no, I haven't missed half that many votes. Right. And I'm in the middle of the pack for legislators because we all miss votes. Right. That's why I right. wrote that article to counter said. So I guess I shouldn't have been home with Michelle during her emergency back surgery at the end of one session. You're right. I should have just stayed there. Cause I'm sure that's what you would have done. I'm sure you would have missed a family funeral. Right. I'm sure you would have missed a family wedding. Yeah, sure. You would have. Right. We all miss some things like medical appointments that you can't get because you're gone for four or five, six months out of the year for the. No, come on. Stop the lie. Right. And the garbage. <clears throat> but you know what hasn't been retracted? <laughs> that 25% lie. Yeah. I've done the right thing. I just, just on a phone call, not even talking to him. He knows that's not true. He hasn't retracted it. Hasn't said anything. So don't talk to me about clean campaigning. Don't talk to me about integrity because the one that's demonstrated it is me. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, brother, I ain't seeing it from the other side because those things are sitting out there and they're using it. And you know, if you're going to say stuff like that, Mike, at least make it something that's hard to prove. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> just go to the official state web. No, we broke up here real quick. Uh, Mike Shower is our guest. Like mall, just to check it out for Republicans, not one person's even close to ever missing. Yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. Uh, you look at all the different. Uh, you look at all the di- people are going to miss. Uh, you, you, of the vote. Yeah, that's you, not crazy. I'm going to talk to you guys about it, and I've been quite having said it out there, but I'm going to focus on policy because that's what matters, and the people make their choice. Yeah, and so be it. 
Well, and all we have to do is, you know, look at, uh, you want to know, you want to know who, uh, who's voting. All you have to do is look at the company they keep, you know, and we look at some of the company that's being kept here. We understand the support of uh, people, you know, Kathy Giesel and others that are out there. It's, it's, it's not surprising, I guess, at this point to understand where this is coming from. Um, all right. Uh, we're coming up on the break. Uh, Mike Shower is our guest. We're going to give him one final segment to just Oh my God! We're going to let him let loose. That should be interesting. We'll just see what happens. Haven't already? No, I guess I guess this has been the sedate Mike shower. We're now going to uh, jump over and uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will continue with uh, uh, Mike shower here and uh, see what he has to say. Uh, when we give him his head, he can do basically talk about whatever he wants to talk about. We'll get into that here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more here in just a moment. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, uh, shower rant. It's been too long, says says, says David. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that here in just a hot second. Um, I like to look at the comments. I just can't. It gets distracting because then you want to chase a rabbit hole. I know. I know. Mentally reading it, and I'm pausing on the radio. So I learned a long time ago not to not to look at the comments until later because it's just too hard to. Well, I'll make sure to I'll make sure to throw some good ones up in front of you so you can see them right there on the screen. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Mike, um, <clears throat> we're in the break right now for four or five minutes. Um, what do you what do you think is going to happen to the uh, what do you think is going to happen to the Senate majority? I mean, I, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing, um, you know, we got the long shot in Elijah Verhagen, um, you know, Bert Stedman is going to, I mean, he's, he, he really doesn't have much of a challenger. Um, so Gary Stevens probably is the one that has the biggest, uh, challenger in that group. Um, but what do you, what do you think? What do you, as you watch this, I mean, Kawasaki could lose to Matherly. Um, I mean, we're, we got all these different things. G- give me your thoughts on how the Senate reorganizes. Is this, uh, is this going to be a repeat of the last two years? Do you think? Well, so I'll give a a little bit of a numbers breakdown. So just think of some of the players here. So first of all, on the old guard, if one of those three doesn't come back, that's a significant power shift. So, and you're right on the first, uh, Click isn't, he's got too much union money. I mean, he's just like, you know, look at his thing. It's like, union, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. And Elijah doesn't have the name recognition. So yeah, likely Click wins that one. Plus the West half of Fairbanks is pretty blue. Um, He's not not going to be all that popular out, you know, in the Delta Junction area and parts of Glen Allen that I was representing because he took over for that. But, you know, he's got West Fairbanks. So, you know, blue at the university and whatnot. So probably wins. Um, Stedman, like you said, yeah, no strong challenger coming up there right now. So he probably wins. But Stevens what does have one. We'll see. There's a it's a slimmer chance, but there is a chance. So, you know, if those three come back is what it is. We know their positions on everything. They've been there forever. Um, and then you have the other kind of key races. So you've got the Matherly Kawasaki. That's a key race. You have Costello Clayman. That's a key race. You got Holland Giesel. You got Tuckerman and that other guy, you know, whatever, uh, down right. in the, in the uh, peninsula. You got the McCarty Merrick race, and you have my race with Massey. So, 
you know, if one of the old power guard, like I said, doesn't come back, that's a shift. But let's just assume they all come back, so, which means almost every other one of those races we talked about matters. Because to get to 11, you have to virtually win all of those um, to come in with a strong hand, right? And then be able to go right from day one, you can organize and say, nope, we're going to do this. And, you know, no binding caucus, uh, you know, we're going to organize around these principles and have the ability to set, you know, which committees and, and membership to kind of show where you're going to go policy wise, right? Because if you had, for example, the same people in charge of finance, at the end of the day, Mike, it almost doesn't matter what we do nothing's going to change, right? We've seen for four years how that was run by the same people, literally, on the committee. So if you can't shake those things up and get some differences, that matters. And let's just to talk about it. So Diesel wins over Holland. Okay, she's going to join that power group that's been there right. forever and she'll join right. the Democrats. She's told everybody she'll do it, and we already know who Kathy Geisel is. So that's a significant shift. If Merrick wins over McCarty, probably stick with the Republicans, but she's also gone over to the Democrats and demonstrated she would. So I don't know. I mean, who knows where that takes you as a wild card. McCarty has stuck with Republicans and generally the same on the issues with the House minority in you know, the last couple of years. So you got my race, you know, obviously a big difference between Massey and myself, you know, the PFD binding caucus, um, election reform stuff. I mean, it's a significant differences there. And he has said he would take a collaborative approach, which I you know, when you look at it, that means that he'll join the binding caucus and go along with the old old guard. So right. that's another power shift. Matherly, I don't know about, but certainly Kawasaki would be with the Democrats. So, you know, if that if that race, that would actually be a minus for them, uh, you know, for the Democrats, they could go back with eight. If you go and this is this is why I'm, I'm kind of going through the numbers, Mike, because if you lose Mia Costello, that's Matt Clayman. That's a plus for the Democrats. If the Democrats go back with eight. You got Stephen Stevens, a bishop, almost guaranteed, without even a question, they will join the Democrats to get power. One or two others will probably do that, too. You could probably guess who the names would be. And the next thing you know, you got a bipartisan coalition. You lost the Senate just like you lost the House the last four years, and nothing really changes. You probably have a House with Republicans and a governor, because it looks like Dunleavy will probably win. But nothing's changed. It's just flip which body. Right. Under control of Democrats or mostly Democrats. So. That's why the numbers matter. You could lose just one or two of these races, and that's what happens. And so it, we could sit here all day and spin our wheels about who might win or lose, but those are kind of the numbers. You basically have to sweep the table and have to almost win them all or see the Democrats lose one, like Matherly Kawasaki, to hope that you can put together an organization that still has mostly conservatives controlling the Senate and not mostly Democrats. Yeah. Those are, those are numbers, and that's a real, it's a real danger. No, I, I agree. And I think that is um, that's an honest approach. That's an honest look at where we're coming from. It's going to be this is going to be a tough session. This is going to be a tough session and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. All right. We are about 15 seconds away right now. Mike Schauer is our guest candidate for Senate District O for reelection. Used to be Senate District E. Uh, you can find him. Uh, online, and I'll he'll tell you where here in just a second. Uh, we're gonna go the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. So the problem is, I got I want to dance to music, and now people can see. <laughs> yeah, Mike Shower, he wants to dance. We give him a little music and he dance, dance, monkey, dance. That's how it that's how it works. Uh, Mike Shower is our guest candidate for Senate District uh, O, was E, now it's O. Uh, and we're going to um, we're gonna jump back into it here and give him the floor 
for the final little segment here. We were just talking about the makeup of the Senate and and the races that are important. So, Mike, I think that's good stuff. If you want to repeat just a little bit of it or thumbnail it for us, and then we'll give you the floor to talk about whatever it is that you want to uh, chat about here. Gee, repeating myself. I haven't gone through that the last few months. I wish we could have the same conversation a couple hundred thousand times a day we can convince people, right? Yeah, exactly. Like the Constitution Convention, if I can sit there and talk to somebody for a while and go through it, most people go, oh, that's okay. But every conversation starts with Mike. All I hear is how bad it's going to be. I mean, I should probably right. vote no, right? I'm like, oh, Yeah, I know. I, know. I spend five or ten minutes of my life explaining it to them. They go, oh, well, that's, yeah, well, I want to vote yes. I'm like, yeah, well, you got to have that conversation 400,000 times to win it because there's millions of, of dark money dollars, which is so ironic, coming from out of state trying to convince us not to. And it's all about Murkowski and then the down ticket stuff. And anyways, it's not worth spending time. You asked for a thumbnail sketch. So here's for the regular audience that wasn't online. The Senate is more likely to not be under control of Republicans this time uh, with a, a more conservative you know, body controlling it. It's it's the House has been under Democrat control for four years because of Republicans that went and joined the Democrats and gave them power. But you have three of what I call the old guard left, Stedman, Stevens and Bishop, who have uh, well, Stevens and Stedman have joined. But Bishop will go where Stedman goes on this one. They've joined the Democrats in the past and also had that bipartisan group. And they've been punished in the past by kind of being shunned off the side. But if you go back with eight Democrats, that's three plus eight, that's 11. You control the body. And I could see him doing that and then shoving the rest of the Republicans off the side. And some Republicans, I can imagine some names. You might be able to think of them yourself who would probably join them, too, because they don't want to get left in the cold um, and join the Democrats. Now you have the exact flop of what's happened the last four years. But the House controlled by Republicans and then a bipartisan one in the Senate. But those races for the thumbnail sketch you asked for are... There's the key ones. You got Madley versus Kawasaki. If Madley was to win, that's a minus for the Democrats. That's good for us, um, but we'll see how that one goes. You got Giesel and Holland. If Holland doesn't come back and it's Giesel, we already know what she is and who she is and how she acts and what she's done. So that would just be devastating, right, for the having a conservative coalition in charge of the Senate. You've got Mia Costello with Matt Clayman, a far leftist who's ironically been lying like crazy about Costello. Gee, I know how that goes. <laughs> Mia's in a fight down there in that district because of redistricting. Um, so, but if she goes away and you get Matt Clayman, there's another Democrat and a far left one. Good luck. You know, you probably lost the Senate. Uh, you got Merrick versus McCarty. Merrick says she'll stay with the Republicans. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust but verify on this one, Mike, because she's already you know, shown she'll join the Democrats in a heartbeat to get power. So that's a touchy one, because if it's Merrick and not McCarty, I don't really know what's going to happen there. Right. How's that going to go? You got my race and Massey. We talked about that offline because he's he's going to most likely join a binding caucus because he won't answer the question, which is the answer. Right. Which right. means you go along with the old guard and give your vote away. And that's what it is. And that's he can say he would never do that. But then he doesn't understand how it works. If that's what he says, is showing ignorance of the process and does, doesn't understand it because he's been asked things like, what about red flag law? What about repeal? He said this the other day in Valdez. Somebody told me, he's like, uh, somebody asked, well, you know, what about repealing ranked choice voting? He said, well, we can't, the legislature can't do that. And I'm just like, oh, you have got to be kidding me, you know, showing a lack of understanding or trying to play to the crowd. Right. So I'm like, yeah, the legislature can repeal it. So yes. this is why you don't replace me with a freshman, Mike, that doesn't understand these things. You let me go back and finish the job. Because he's going to come in as a brand new guy without knowing what to do and having the experience or staff or anything else. And so that's my biggest pitch to people. Don't replace me right now. We're on the step. We're running. We're ready to go. We've got everything down pat. We've got knowledge and experience and expertise. You don't replace your horse in the middle of race. 
right now with the freshman that's going to come in with nothing. But that's a key race too, right? Because if you lose me, well, and he, and he joins the Mining Caucus, there goes the power balance in the Senate. So I think I've covered, oh, Tuckerman down south is also another one because Tuckerman would obviously stay with the conservative majority and the other guy may not. So right there, like I said, that's hard, Mike, because you got all these different at play. And if you lose even one, certainly two of those races, then you have almost for sure lost the power balance of the Senate. You never know how organizing, organizing will shape out. But those are the kind of the, the mix and the, the pie, if you will, of what would possibly happen. And so, we, you know, we won't know until the results are in. And as you talked at the beginning, we won't know that either because of the way Fanamia has decided she's not going to announce the results for two weeks, the final ones. But some of the races that have less candidates will probably have an answer. Or you get that, you know, you like you say the race I'm in, you know, there's only two of us. One of us, if one of us was so far ahead that absentees won't matter, you kind of know who the winner is. Right, so right. We're going to get some indication on some races, but some it's going to take a while. So we may not know the final shakeout of things until, like you said, really close to Thanksgiving. And then it's, then we'll then we'll know and we'll have a pretty good idea going into it how the bodies are going to organize. Ultimately, it can be a chocolate mess. You've seen that. But. Um, just knowing who the players are and how tight the Senate is at kind of a 10-ish, 10 split, it's going to be really interesting right. to watch this. And, and so there you go. Well, somebody said, you know, if these three have got so much power, what's the point of the rest of the folks? But see, that's the problem is that when you have, have this balance in there and those three people know how to play the game, they've been there for 20 years, 25, 15, 25 years. They know how to play that game, and so they play the one side against the other. So when it's so evenly split, it that's why it matters. That's the issue, Mike. And it's not that they're that powerful. It's that that we're that close in numbers. If we had 13 or 14 solid Republicans, or let's say we had 14 solid Republicans or 14 Republicans, right? Well, those three all of a sudden didn't become very powerful because if we had 11 that would agree to join together and we're solid together, conservative, those three don't hold any power because we don't need them. Right. The problem we have right now is if you only had eight, right, which we probably only have about eight-ish, really cons- more conservative Republicans willing to stick together, and those three are part of the 11 total Republicans or 12 or whatever it is, well, all of a sudden they have inordinate power because you could have 12 Republicans, right? And if those are three of them, well, if nine of you are solid and those three aren't, they can take away your majority because you have to organize and you have to have 11 to control the body, just like the House has to have 21 to control the body. Right. So they have power because there's three of them and we don't have 14 Republicans right now. We've only got, there's eight. Let's do the math here. What am I doing? There's seven uh, Democrats right now. So, and you're 13 Republicans, but you know, 13, three of those are, um, they've gone the other way. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. You're at a 10, 10 split roughly ballpark. And so that's, that's where the power, that one person, that one person can hold that power because they can swing, swing it either direction. So there you go. Mike Mike Showers, our guest candidate for Senate district. Oh, I got about uh, four and a half minutes here, Uh, five minutes. So I give you the floor, give you a chance. I'll give you a one or two minute warning when we need to close up. But uh, anything we didn't hit or something that you wanted to hit on, what is the first days of session look like for you, et cetera, et cetera? What do you want? Well, I think the biggest thing, Mike, is just, you know, right at this point, just getting people out to vote. If you haven't voted, please go vote. Drag a family member or friend with you. Get, you know, get involved at this point. And I don't mean the election process is almost over, you know, but really just go vote. That's the biggest thing. You know, please, we need to have turnout. It'd be nice to see for once half the people in the state actually vote that are eligible to. So go vote if you haven't. Don't say your vote doesn't matter because we've had all these elections. You know, some of them decided by one vote. Often it's a few dozen votes. And so your vote actually does matter in these state races because we're so small. So please go vote if you haven't. And that's number one. 
Um, number two, um, like I said, don't think that your vote doesn't matter in the broader sense because some of these races are going to determine the direction of the state. Mike, if we lose the Senate, you don't repeal ranked choice voting. I'm not saying it lightly that this may be one of the most important elections in our lifetime because if you don't repeal ranked choice voting, the moderates and the left will have won this state. You will never get it back. They will keep consolidating further and further to the left because that's what it's designed to do. And if you haven't noticed, that's pretty much exactly what it's already doing. So we need to repeal ranked choice voting. If you don't send the right people back, folks, it's not going to be repealed. And you could say a citizen's initiative, they're expensive and hard to do. We've seen that. You've got to have tons of money and all that money comes from out of state. And that money is going to be coming on the left side of the spectrum, not the right side of the spectrum. So who we send back, going to vote, who we send back, making sure that this is... Um, we do it right this time is, is probably the most seminal election in our lifetimes, Mike, because ranked choice voting, constitutional convention, putting a, a balanced fiscal plan in place. Those issues are first moving forward. And if we don't do that, you know, they're going to turn this place into a national park because it will be controlled by leftist Democrats. That's where we're headed. Right. And, you know, resource development is how we survive. We're dead in the water without that if we don't make ourselves open for business. So we really have to get conservatives, you know, the RUNs, Republicans, undeclared and nonpartisans that are center and right. They really need to show up and vote, Mike. And if you haven't, like I said, if you haven't by tomorrow you know, night and we lose, you know, uh, enough of these key races, then you don't repeal the things that matter um, and you don't change it. And you don't put things in place for a stable tax environment, which means a stable business environment, which means we're open for business. And so you can see the domino effect, right? All these things. I mean, I've been reaching out to people outside the, the state as well trying to get them to be involved in Alaska and helping us counter the money, like on the constitutional convention and other things, right? Because you don't, the, the, to me, and I know there's a lot of issues, but the three things that were important in constitutional convention, right? It was the spending cap, changing it. So it worked. It was putting the locking the PFD away. So we don't fight about it anymore. And we have a stable, you know, political environment moving forward. And it was how we select our judges because we have a Missouri plan in here, which we've discussed before. So I won't spend time. We don't have time, but um, oh, two minute warning. I see it. Woo, I like how this works. It's kind of nice. Um, is that if you don't change how we select our judges off of that Missouri plan, which ironically, Missouri even itself no longer uses that plan, <laughs> um, then you have a left leaning activist court, which has done that to us for years, like an, like overriding election law all by themselves. Right. Exactly. So we have to change that. That's my opinion. And I think the easiest way to do that's in the Constitution. But, you know, I had a bill for it. It, it made progress. And, you know, if I do go back, we'll try that again, too, because the judicial branch was very angry with me, which I figure means it probably was a good idea. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. All right. Just over a minute here. Final thoughts, uh, websites, uh, elevator pitch. Go for it. Uh, well, like I said, Mike, already, you know, you don't don't replace your racehorse and build the race. I think we have the experience and expertise and all the issues to go forward. I think it would be a mistake to put the other guy in place right now. And, and that will become apparent if it happens. And so be it. It won't be my problem at that point. But um, it has been a privilege always does to serve. In my opinion, Michelle and I consider that a privilege. Hopefully this people will send us back. We'll keep serving. If not, we'll do the next thing. Um, but we still love your sport. And if you want to go with support, MikeShower.com, you can go in there and check and make sure you like what we're doing. So MikeShower.com, you can find us at Mike Shower for Senate on Facebook, et cetera. But, uh, Mike, we hope that, uh, you know, the people will do the right thing tomorrow across the board, not just our race, but the whole state. It matters. It's a big deal. We love this place. This is where we want to stay with our kids and grandkids. And I want to make sure that it's a place they want to stay. So that's what matters, folks. Um, you guys all know me well enough on this program. Not much else to say, but just go vote. That's the biggest thing at this point. Mike Schauer, candidate for Senate District O. Uh, folks, thanks for coming in tomorrow. 
Brad Keithley, Chris Story. Election Day coverage continues. We will see you then. Have a great day and a great uh, enjoy yourself. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. All right, Mike, final bite at the apple. Anything else? Anything? I think you may have shot the whole thing there, but uh, any final thoughts? Nah, I think we got everything out there. It's the biggest thing, Mike, just get people out to vote. You know, pick the right candidates. Make sure you're – I should have said rank the red. That was important. I I did kind of forget that one on it, you know, but – That's okay. I hope people will remember that. You know, it's like, you know, even if you don't like uh, Palin, you know, please put her second. If you don't like Vegas, please put him second. Same thing with Pierce and Dunleavy. If Pierce is your guy and you don't like Dunleavy, but please put Dunleavy second. I mean, these races matter. Ranked choice votes are going to kill us on some of these because people are just – I can never vote for Vegas. You're right. Well, then you're basically voting for Paltola. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You know, no. Please, please, please rank the red or rank the top two if there's more than you know two in the race. Um, but don't rank any Democrats or you're going to end up splitting votes and giving it to a Democrat. So we'll see, Mike. It's going to be on us. The legislature is going to have to undo this this mess. Um, and, but that's only if we send the right people back. So I guess that's how all the dominoes line up, right? Chess pieces on the board. We don't send the right people. You don't change it. And you're stuck with this mess, and it's only going to get worse. So there you go. There you go. All right, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on board. Good luck tomorrow. we got our fingers crossed. Uh, well, we'll talk next week, and it'll be either uh, tears or it'll be happiness or maybe both, depending on which way it goes. So. Yeah, no, next Wednesday we'll have you back on on your regular time, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there, okay? Sounds good, brother. Appreciate it. All right, thanks so much, folks. We're out of time. We will see you tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show